Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red S Podcast. It's Monday, October 23rd. And, you know, it started off pretty good today. I enjoyed a little bit of that cloud cover. Could deal with less of the warm, yeah. You know, prefer us to kind of get back into the flow of it being a little cooler, you know. Oh man, it's, it's second summer, humidity and all. Yeah, and uh, you know, and for those of you who aren't been, who have not been paying attention, uh, weather-wise, there's a hurricane coming up through Baja, California, that's going to start curling our direction, and we're about to get some tropical rain over the next several days. So, but well, from what I remember, we're supposed to have a wet winter in general, right? That's, yeah, that's uh, the rumor, if everything's accurate. Maybe maybe my grass will survive. Yeah, maybe so. But I'm uh, Rob White, class of 14. And I'm Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015, whoop. Whoop. Uh, and apologies ahead of time if I sound a little sniffly or coffee on uh, on this particular podcast. It's been a... Yeah, it's been a long weekend, and uh, I've been slamming Mucinex and DayQuil and you know, in, insert whatever you're drug of choice is that's kind Your of the case. drug of choice mm-hmm. so but uh yeah despite all that it was a pretty entertaining uh weekend despite the fact um there was no aggie football there was plenty of other fun things going on for sure well and it, you know like we said the bye week is always nice because it's your least stressful football week of the year right yeah um I mean, I watched the Army game, but I knew Army wasn't going to win. I didn't think it was going to quite that bad. But, yeah. um, but well, by watching the Army game, I mean, I turned it on after about a drive and a half. I was like, eh, probably not. Yeah, that was uh, not quite the result we were hoping for. But, hey, you know, at, hey, at least hey, LSU made a good play. You know, I like what they did with the end zones for the game. That was pretty cool. Well, and to respect an opponent, an opponent is to not let off the gas, quite frankly. No, absolutely. You're you're not wrong. So they they weren't wrong for scoring. Was it sixty three? Yeah, this, whatever. That that's just pure pure out talent, and and it shows. And those are just two different worlds of talent. Um, which mm-hmm. maybe speaks more to Oklahoma those few years back. You know, maybe it shows the disparity in talent between a a Big Twelve power and an SEC you know power. But okay. uh, but hey, we're back in game week though. We are back in game week and. and uh... The most hated rivalry, and for yeah. one of the most storied trophies in the history of college football, the uh, the Bonham Trophy. Yeah, getting ready to play those bastards from South Carolina, as uh, everybody on Twitter loves to say. That's 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 the extent of my energy for this quote unquote rivalry. Um, <laughs> it's what is it eight and one since we started the SEC? Um, yeah, and it took our one. worst took our yeah. worst season in the last you know twelve thirteen years for them to actually do it. Well, it can be very difficult when you give up like 10 or 17 points in the first five or six minutes. Wasn't that what it was? Something like that. It was ridiculous. I remember we were getting ready to play a gig, I think. Uh, and we were, I was keeping up with it early. I'm like, holy crap. It was like they were up 17 nothing immediately or whatever it was. And I was like, we, I mean, I will give the guys, our guys, a lot of credit because they fought back, but don't spot them 17 points to start the damn game. Yeah. Generally try not to let people run the opening kickoff back. That's, that's a, Especially on the road. But again, you know, last year's what it is. You know, this year you've got a struggling South Carolina team. They dropped three straight. Um, mm-hmm. This is their last road game of the year. So, I mean, good for them, I guess. They get to play the rest at home. Or uh, I don't know if – I don't know if they play um, – I guess they must get Clemson at home because they don't play that in a neutral site. So, but, yeah, South Carolina is reeling. Uh, so are we. But our reeling is based off of losses to two of the better teams in the SEC. Well, and um, and we definitely saw that this weekend. You know, Tennessee gave Alabama a pretty decent fight on the road. Uh, just kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter, but just crumbled. Just yeah. absolutely fell apart. Um, but it's and that's not just Tennessee falling apart, though. You know, you have to give credit to Alabama. It's you can try and give the game away, but the other team still got to try. It. You know, other team still got to take it. So, yeah. you know, Alabama. I was listening to radio earlier this morning. They were talking about you know, is this one of the best, if not the best, coaching jobs that Nick Saban has done so far? I mean, he's got a team that everybody thought was going to be doo doo. Yeah, you know, loses to Texas at home, 
and and then like struggles against Central Florida or whatever fl- directional Florida they played. Yeah. Um, and so it, you know, it, and, and again, you know, it was there for the taking, like we've been saying. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, if he ends up in Atlanta playing Georgia, I, I think, and especially if he ends up winning the SEC with the team that I think most people across the country are like, wow, this is the worst Bama team we've seen in years. If he yeah. pulls that off, this has got to be one of his better coaching jobs. I don't disagree with you one little bit. I mean, if there's any one thing, I remember we were saying, especially early in the season, how their struggles <clears throat> definitely opened the door for us. But uh, frankly, uh, Saban's done a phenomenal job, and he's continued to prove that he is Nick Saban. And, there's, yeah. and yeah. the fact is, your teams have continually gotten better from week to week. So, you know, I'm not – and Georgia – at times this year has not looked as dominant. Yes, they've won games, but they haven't been the most dominant wins. And it's a very real possibility that Atlanta could be a very interesting game. Well, and uh, you're also about to see a whole different Georgia team without Brock Bowers, um, who's one of the best players in the country. And if, I mean, I I don't know that necessarily he deserves to win, but I mean, that dude – you know, without the injury, obviously, because now it changes everything. But I mean, that dude was easily on the way to get an invite to New York for the Heisman ceremony. I mean, he's just that dominant of a player. He reminds me of a Gronk or a Kelsey. He's just he's so special out there, split out wide. Yeah. Um, well, and what he does when he's when he's tucked in, uh, you know, with the line as well. But yeah, I, I don't know how the SEC is gonna gonna pan out. To be honest, I, I think with Alabama surging, which I think is maybe a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, it could be really interesting. Obviously, they still got to play LSU, but um, which you know, we'll we'll pretty much decide the West. Obviously, unless there's just a massive amount of st- stupid results, mm-hmm. because we already blew our chance. We're going against South Carolina. Um, I don't think Shane Beamer's ever lost four straight games. So, and they've lost three in a row. But yeah. South Carolina also has never beaten us here in uh, in Kyle Field. No. Um, you know, an 11 a.m. kickoff generally favors the visitors. I, I feel like. Um, but I don't know. I don't think an 11 a.m. kickoff really favors anybody. Uh, maybe the visitors just because the fans aren't quite as amped up, but we don't always really have that problem at Kyle Field, no matter when the kickoff is. No, students are still going to be there, and they're still yeah. going to be loud. And that's still going to be our defense out on the field against a very incredibly struggling, um, well, in, increasingly struggling offense. Um, their offensive line is doo-doo, which is a really bad matchup considering what we have in the you know in the front four and the front seven. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, looking at their stats here, I mean, uh, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, their biggest struggle has absolutely been uh, giving up the pass. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, they're giving up over three hundred yards of offense a game on the defensive side of the ball, just in the passing game. Yeah, and, and Rattler's yeah, just yeah, just on one side of the ball. And and Rattler, uh, you know, Rattler's talented, but I mean he's gonna be running for his life. So it really doesn't matter how talented you are when I mean this could be a, a violent game for him, to be honest. Um mm-hmm. through, through no fault of his own, I might add. But you've got a team that's uh that struggles on the offensive side to basically provide protection, which I think you know we can kind of understand a little bit, but mm-hmm. but the level uh, that they're at is is a whole lot of different of misery. I mean um so i mean i I like this game going away and and i know that it's hard to sit here and and say that you know you'll hear the the pushback and well how can you say that what's shown you in the the last two games well i've also watched south carolina and so quite frankly that that has a lot to do with it Um, there's big disparity in opponents compared to the last two that we faced and who we're getting ready to face south carolina is not a good football team Uh, they have shown over the course of this season that they've been able to struggle quite a bit. And uh, at this point, you know, A&M kicking off is a 14 point favorite right now at home. Yeah. I think so, the longest um, I saw was 13 and a half. And I mean, it, again, you start talking about talent disparities, right? When we first yeah. got in the league, we understood the talent disparity, you know, between certain tiers of the sec. And while our record may not be great right now, there's a, there's a, legitimate talent disparity between our roster and South Carolina's roster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you put all that together, they're on a three game skid. Um, you know, we had a bye week, which, you know, hopefully, and I know that in press conferences, you're going to get a lot of, you know, kind of coach type speed out of the kids. But I feel like some of the stuff I heard from the kids in the press conference was real genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they understand where they're at and they understand what they need to do to finish out the season. Yeah. And this is your, this is your opportunity, you know, 
you got South Carolina at home, 11 a.m., just dust the floor with them, you know, when go cover the spread. I don't care mm-hmm. what that point total ends up being. Go cover the spread. If that's 14 to nothing, you know. Cover the uh, spread. Yeah, shut them out. That'd be a great sign too, right? I mean, I'd be all about that. I mean, and if, all, if, you know, and depend, yeah, and depending on that, on that, prefer, yeah, I mean, do you want to win 44 to 30? Like, do you want to give up 30 points to South Carolina? I mean, how, mm. how good, how, I mean, you'll feel great about putting up 44 because that's not exactly what we do either. But, um, you know, I'd love to see like a 21 3, 21 7, you know, 28 7 kind of game. Um, just because, again, it's hard to expect our offense to go out and put up 35 plus points with what we've seen. And I get that. But you also have to remember that our what our defense has done to like far superior offenses the last few games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that should tell you. Uh, and not to mention, South Carolina's got a lot of injuries. Uh, I yeah. saw they've got a, a handful of dudes that are questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, you know, questionable. Who knows if that means they're going to play? Who knows if that means they're out for the year? Um, mm-hmm. You know, every college coach is a little bit different on how they disclose injuries and what they actually mean, <laughs> as opposed to what they actually say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the two two guys you're going to look for are going to be Harbor, their wide receiver, who hasn't put up, like, record-breaking stats, but he's, uh, like, he can do some damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, uh, what's his name, Debo Williams? I know it's Debo. Yeah. Debo's, I think it's Debo Williams. Um, he's he's a, he's steady on defense. Yeah. The, you know, double-digit tackles, pressures, hurries. Um, so those are really the two you got to account for. And if Max Wright is to be believed talking about how all the offensive line truly worked on was, you know, their communication to improve blocking, then then maybe you like your chances. Maybe. I mean, to, to keep Max's uniform nice and clean. Yeah. And I think if we can, uh, for me, I think a successful game, let's not last for any sacks and certainly cut down on the pressures. If we can cut down on the amount of pressures our quarterback is going to be receiving, your opportunities for your playmakers to actually make plays increases just exponentially. So let's do that. <laughs> Novel thought. Let's play some. Let's play some O line and actually do some blocking. Right, and especially for a quarterback that we talked about, um, you know, it's it's just a, it's just a touch slower with decision making. So just sure. if you can give him that touch more time, though, you know, if he's going to wait for receivers to be open, that's fine. If that's what he's going to do, I, I'd love to see him start throwing them open. But again, that's not something you just in a bye week are able to teach someone. Yeah. But um. But yeah, I, 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 and I get that there's going to be plenty of naysayers that are like, why would you have any confidence? What have you seen? I've seen a lot of talent on the football field, and I've seen a defense that can stop really good offenses, and we're about to play a not really good offense. So, exactly. I, yeah, I, you got to feel good about this one. It's a get right. And quite frankly, for this game, let's play at 11 a.m., let's get it the hell out of the way. Um, and just start looking at and looking toward the old miss, you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of where my brain is as far as Saturday's concerned. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, we're not going to look ahead to old miss by any means, but mm-hmm. you know, we can go over a couple of games that we saw this past weekend, like that abomination in Fayetteville. <laughs> yeah. That uh, man. And yeah, the type of performance that gets an OC fired, that's the type of performance that you definitely saw. Um, I mean, what was the final score? Seven, three, seven to three. And, <laughs> against mississippi state south carolina's last win was against mississippi state all right so if that tells you you know all right and then well another fun thing i saw was south carolina the last time they covered the spread um was against georgia and i i've and and that seems crazy because it's against georgia and then i realized that the spread was almost 28 points and yeah that's it's like 28 points is a big line in conference it really is yeah if you're struggling to get 28 within 28 points against the team that really does tell you offensively where people see you granted you were able to cover but um i would say at this point the most important thing we can do is obviously cover our spread take care of business and you gotta like our chances coming off of a bye week and our chances to refocus against an opponent that frankly is not on the same level as the last two we faced no, no, they're not. No, no. Gosh, they're, you know, we talk about the tiers of the SEC. Mm-hmm. They're not in the tier behind them. They're, you know, they're a, a tier behind that or maybe even another. Um, I mean, they're, they're, South Carolina's just not very good this year. I mean, it's all there is to it. Yeah. And and I, I feel like I like Shane Beamer, you know, um, mm-hmm. but but he's he's going to have to do something more than just pull a Spencer Rattler out of the portal, you know, rabbit hat. He's going to have to go get some line players because mm-hmm. their line is like how – how Rattler hasn't missed two or three games to begin with at this point, I have no idea because he's basically running for his life. Yeah. Um, 
but it's nothing is as shocking as the offensive line play I saw at Arkansas on Saturday. I don't know that I've seen worse offensive line play and, and there's going to be some, you know, self-loathing aggers and be like, well, have you seen us play? No, bro. How they played <laughs> against a Mississippi state defense yeah. that like they are like they should make the offensive lineman leave with the offensive coordinator. Like it was that bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think the Ohio state, they, they almost feel inevitable in the big 10, but it's, it'll come down to them in Michigan, just like it basically does. Penn state's right there on the cusp and they're going to stay right there on the cusp, just like they always do. Oh yeah. Um, trying to think of the other games. I, I don't have the scores pulled up, but um, obviously the Alabama Tennessee game was great. I was the old miss game. I was really surprised with, and that's why I'll be excited um, to talk next week about, you know, old miss coming up as an opponent just because uh, uh I think it's a, I think it's an intriguing game all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. it it well, certainly could be. Yeah, You're what not we're wrong. seeing at Ole Miss. Uh, uh well, one game that really did kind of shock me on the final. I mean, Virginia coming up and getting North Carolina. Oh, Whew. yeah, the the fighting Mac Browns getting bit by a team that should. I didn't know if Virginia was on track to win enough wins to, you know, pull a glove off my hand. No. Um, just, yeah, that was that was probably the biggest shocker. I would um, say so. But uh, U of H almost pulled off a pretty big shocker. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't need to hear any Texas fans complaining about the refs at this point after that particular call. But yeah, uh, that, that that's part of the game flow, if, right? If, There's if always you're only list, if you're only listening to the podcast and you're not watching the video, I just gave one of the biggest eye rolls ever. That was one of the <laughs> that was one of the worst spots I've ever seen in my entire life. It was but, pretty uh, horrid. But, but well, you know, Texas is in for it. You know, moving forward, Quinn Ewers got an AC uh, AC sprain, AC joint mm-hmm. sprain. Um, so yeah. we're going to see what Malik Murphy can do, and and that that honestly that might tank their season. Um, it might. But uh, but yeah, so they'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Looks like OU um, OU struggled a little bit with UCF, but they were able to put them away. I, yeah. I did watch a good bit of that game. Um, yeah, uh, and- it was nice. I just kept flipping around because I didn't care what I was watching. It was great. Well, and uh, one one more game I wanted to look at, and that was Duke and Florida State. I give Duke a lot of credit; they stayed in that game for a long time. The fourth quarter, just Florida State put it on them late. But once again, uh, Elko with Duke <laughs> fighting against one of the better teams. In fact, you know a p- current playoff favorite to at least make it. You know, in Florida State. Well, and and that's where um, again we talked about a couple other games. It's just yeah. there's a roster talent discrepancy. Right? That's and I and I get that. That's why you play the games. You never know, but it it comes down sometimes. So you get in that fourth quarter, especially late in the fourth quarter, and and the physical talent gap wears the other team down. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it it almost becomes too much, and and that's where, and that's where you know these these more talented rosters and more talented teams. You know, they can just wear you down and, mm-hmm. and they wear you down and wear you down. And by the time it gets near the end of the game, it's just it can be too much and it can be overwhelming, even if that means, you know, you only lose by a game winning field goal as the clock runs out. But they just they wear you down and, and you run out of, you know, you run out of that real energy and fake energy only gets you so far. You know, fake motivation will get you far, but fake energy doesn't. Yeah, certainly does not. So it'll but still, be yeah, tip of the cap. Oh, no question. I'm, I was yeah. very, very proud of the effort that they were able to plug in for that game. But. It's easy to root for Mike Elko. Oh, yeah. Great guy. And obviously we love him. So nothing wrong with that. But man, uh doesn't matter if we love him. He'll um Jimbo's gonna be back next year. So it doesn't matter how much we love anybody right now. It's very true. I highly doubt Jimbo's going anywhere unless he just tanks the rest of the season. I'm you sure know? there I'm sure there is a scenario. There is a scenario, but uh, the way things are shaking out with the rest of the schedule, I just don't see how you fire him this year. They're just there's just yeah. not a lot of room for it. He'd literally have to lose out. Yeah, which I, I don't about. see happening. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's I, that's the only way I could see it happening is for him to pretty much lose out. Yeah, and I highly doubt that takes place. But uh, a little bit closer to home uh, here in Texas, we do have ourselves a very exciting uh, couple of games taking place uh, today uh, between the Astros and the Rangers, and of course the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Um, the, and that, those two could potentially be set today. Yeah. You know, well, ours uh, is going to be, ours is going to be set either way. Yeah. Either way. Uh, the, you know, the, the Lone Star series is wrapping up its final game and, uh, mm-hmm. it, it couldn't be a more exciting finish with uh, Christian Javier and 
you know, Max Scherzer on the mound should be a really interesting ball game. Well, but the Rangers are going to win because they're the away team. It's pretty simple. Yeah, you know, it's that's the weirdest thing. And I don't know what the explanation for it is, but the Astros home record has just been abysmal and I don't get it. You know, I saw something uh, I saw something interesting uh, and I hopefully I'm quoting this correctly. If the Rangers end up winning. And going to the World Series, it'll be the first time in any major sport ever in a seven game series that the away team won all the games to advance. Yeah, to advance. And unfortunately, that's the exact same situation that we saw with the Astros and the Nationals back in 2019 during that World Series. You know, it was the same deal. Away team just dominated on the road. It was weird. Silly talk. It's silly talk, but I'm excited for it. And, you know, regardless of the final score at the end of the night tonight, I mean, how great for the state of Texas. It went seven but, games, man. I think you can ask right. for much more. No, you can't ask for much more. And they were, they've were all been pretty exciting games. There really weren't any major blowouts. Yeah, I know last night you had the Grand Slam late, but let's be honest, that was a very tight ball game in the bottom of the eighth. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, my only complaint is – uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be without a Brave tonight. It's uh, that entire situation. I think it's complete garbage and trash. Um, the fact that he got suspended for throwing at somebody when he wasn't throwing at him, I think it's completely ridiculous. And there's nobody that can tell me otherwise. That's that. Yeah, these are professionals, and they were still in a situation with a tight game. At no point are you going to bean a dude to put two guys on with no outs. No, and and that is certainly something that a lot of people are arguing back and forth on the internet. And at the end of the day. For me, it's like you look at that situation and where's the justification of putting a guy on because, oh, I'm pissed off that he showed up after a home run. That's what you do. And not a single fan that I've talked to on the Astros side had a problem with his celebration. No, I don't, None care, of us, about, I don't care about him pimping a home run. That's just no, the thing these days. That's what you do. And you saw and there was a bit of disparity. It was a great video I saw, but it was Garcia's home run and his reaction. Versus Altuve's home run and his reaction in oh, the same boy, game. Yeah. And, you know, Garcia took like, by the time Altuve was rounding second base, he was finally putting the bat down, you know? Yeah. But, 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 you know, that's just, that's what you see in baseball now. And you won't, yeah. you won't see it at every level just because, you know, these kids emulate the superstars that they see. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, the players don't really care that much. You know, yeah. if you turn around, you yell at a dugout, that's a little bit different, but you're yelling at your own dugout, you're spiking the bat, you just parked one. Mm -hmm. The players don't care near as much as the fans do. No. My biggest problem is they both got ejected. If one of them is going to get suspended, the other one should get suspended as well. Because first of all, I don't remember the last time in any, uh, like in any sport, and not just like when they're talking or this and that, but when there's like aggression and you put your hands on an umpire or a ref or an official, that's it, guy. Yep. Every single the time. So the fact that, I mean, I, I think I heard right that the appeal came back and he got a one game, which means he's out, right? Allegedly so. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't seen the full I mean, story I they, on it. They're but... going to make a decision before the game tonight. So it's just, if you're going to suspend one, you got to suspend the other. Because you're not suspending him for the same reasons, but you're suspending Garcia for the way he reacted, went after Maldonado, and put his hands basically on an umpire. Yeah, like Pick one or the other. If you, want to, if you want to suspend them both, then you know what? I'd be fine with that. You want to spend neither of them? I'd be fine with that too. I'm not calling for Garcia's head. I'm no. saying I'm calling for at least some common sense, which again is never as common as we would like it to be. Yeah, it's very that's, true. That's my take on the situation. And no, no way are you putting two on with no outs in a two-run game. No way, no how, not no. happening. If you, it's just, it's asinine to think otherwise. But I know that you know fans are passionate people. But my biggest thing is there's just no way that that was intentional. I just I can't in a million years imagine that. And even the players have come out and said they're like, we don't care about people pimping their home runs. Like we just really, that yeah. doesn't bother us because I think they understand if you don't want them to do it, don't let them do it. Yeah, that's always been my thing. Uh, it doesn't matter. You don't like them celebrating after a home run. Strike the guy out. Get him out. Quit throwing meatballs right down yeah, the pipe. Don't do that. You know, it's kind of a novel thought. But, you know, going into this final, uh, one way or the other, we're going to have a winner. And, you know, if the Rangers pull it out tonight, uh, congratulations to any of our Rangers people that might be on there and uh, listening in on the podcast. And if you're one of the Astros people, let's go, baby. Rock yeah. and roll. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I, honestly, though, I, I think. I think this going to seven games is just so perfect. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think what they say, they have the exact same record right now. You know, and, and so why wouldn't this go to seven games? You know, it's, um, it's kind of poetic for the state of Texas, for sure. Yeah. So it's been a great series, both as a, a fan of a, of the team and one of the teams, and then also just kind of a fan of baseball. I think an I-45 series is just really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, both managers are going to throw the kitchen sink. I guess we'll just see where the tips fall. Um, yeah. Whatever. I'm doing steak and twice baked potatoes tonight, so I'm trying not to. I don't, I've, I found out last night that it really just doesn't affect me as much. Yeah. So it's, it's enjoyable to watch. And if they don't, if they don't win, I, I still have a job. So you know, right. like, you, you still have a job. I still have things I got to do. And, you know, I've, I've been pretty good on, on the Twitter machine, not really getting after people or talking any crap. Cause you know, it's been back and forth from everybody. And like uh, the only, only response I've had for anybody throughout this whole deal. And it was, Kind of a perfect one. It was today. There was a guy and he was like, you know, Aggies don't lie, cheat or steal, nor tolerate those who do. And they posted a picture of Altuve. Like you posted the guy that didn't participate, but whatever. And they said, well, he tolerated it. And I'm like, congratulations. You have Max Scherzer on your team. Yeah. And you tolerate that. So there's, there's, there's not a single baseball fan that should ever, ever talk about another team cheating. The entire sport is built around cheating. It is. And I I love baseball. I love love baseball too. And it's one of the funniest things because people talk about the purity of the sport. This sport lives in impurity. Black Sox scandal. It doesn't matter. You're talking about cork and bats. We're talking George Brett pine tar. Pine tar, let's talk steroids, let's talk sign stealing. You want to go down the laundry list of how many transgressions have taken place in baseball? The Astros was rather minor in the grand scheme of things. Shit balls. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter, you know. Hard it, all. Well, and, jalapeno pepper up my nose. Yeah. You you, you put, you snot, put on snot on the ball? On the ball? <laughs> I've got an arm like yours, kid. <laughs> If you um, if you haven't seen Major League, oh. actually, you know what? All right, then you for, probably don't understand anything we've been talking about for the last five minutes, anyways. For our um, for our YouTube people. Oh, nice for our YouTube people. Remember, hey, bartender Joe Boone needs a refill. It's very bad. That, it's very bad. That, wouldn't leave that rum sitting around here with this group, man. It's very bad to take Joe Boo's rum. Um, it's very bad. <laughs> But uh, but again, I think, dude, going to Game Seven, you know, it's it's perfect. Why not? Um, I, you know, both teams have played so well all year. It's it's been fun how up and down it's been. But yeah. um, but yeah, you know, it, it all ends tonight for one team or the other, and that's all there is to it. There's you know, that's it. So I do want to touch a little bit um on a couple of games coming up this weekend in college football. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, as you know, we don't really touch much on pro football because on the nfl um sure it's just it's so boring and predictable and like whatever but, but come on man we need to hear about everything going on with taylor swift all well, the time well i will tell you that the dixie chicken hawks are well on their way to another victory this weekend so um mm-hmm. in the world of the in the only you know real football that matters fantasy football uh the dixie chicken hawks are doing well yeah, that's awesome to hear a little, little bounce back a couple of weeks but um there's just a few games I want to touch on uh, coming up this week. You know, it's not a it's not a loaded slate per se, but um, one you have the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Georgia, Florida. It's one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite like long time rivalries. It's one of the, I mean, Florida's rebounded. They're sitting at five and two. Man, Georgia's looked okay. Georgia doesn't have Brock Bowers. Um, that's not to say that they don't have maybe somebody that randomly emerges who's second or third string tight end who's a lot like him, right? Because the best teams have depth. Um, but, uh, so I always look forward to that game. I love it. I love the rivalry. Um, you know, I'll watch it as long as the game's still within reach from one team or the other. Yeah. Um, BYU, Texas, it's Texas old nemesis, BYU <laughs> running around over, under, and through. Um, and so that, but that, but that's going to be a, a good one to watch. I know. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, that, was, that was a good reference. Just know my men. Um, just innocent men. Two weeks in a row. Just innocent men. Um, <laughs> But but again, you got a Texas team at home against uh, uh, a five and two BYU team, mm-hmm. and Texas, you know this is they've no Quinn Ewers, so mm-hmm. this is your first game where you're going to see Malik Murphy, um, and if he doesn't play well, watch out real fast for the cries for Arch Manning, like mm-hmm. they're going to come hard and fast. 
Yep. So I, that that one's just kind of intriguing to keep an eye on, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Duke has a chance to rebound against Louisville, which yeah, I could see them doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I say again, it's it's not a loaded slate this weekend. But those were the few I wanted to touch on. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, it, another another good rivalry is Tennessee Kentucky. Um, yeah. You know, that'll be interesting to see if Tennessee can bounce back after kind of again just crumbling, you know, to Alabama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the rest of it's just kind of whatever games. Um, you know, yeah. Unless Vanderbilt goes into Oxford and, and, and beats them, in which case it would be our luck that that would happen because that would mean Old Miss would probably fall out of the rankings and then we still wouldn't have a ranked win on the road. Well, and then on top of that, uh, there's nothing quite like a kick up the ass than losing to an opponent you're not supposed to lose to, then turn yeah, around that next yeah. week and be like, okay, we're not losing this one. That's about the last thing I want is to deal yeah. with that. So, yeah, but, um, but yeah, uh, those were kind of the only games I had on uh, uh, on my radar. I mean, maybe keep an eye on Ohio State going to Wisconsin just because, mm-hmm. um, you know, crazy things happen in Madison. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be a night game up there. Uh, but Oklahoma, or Oklahoma, Ohio State's two touchdown favorites, like our game. So, but it's just kind of one of those weird things happen at night in Madison kind of things. I'm not expecting Wisconsin to win, but it wouldn't shock me if they randomly just beat Ohio State for absolutely no reason kind of thing. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin. You know, any, anytime you're up there uh, and you're having to bounce and jump around, it's that always is a bucket, pretty entertaining. It's a bucket list. That's a it bucket is a bucket list. list. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a handful of games that over the next several years, if we announced for our home and home splits, that I would be way okay with. Wisconsin is up there. Well, um, as long as it's early in the year, I ain't going up to Wisconsin in November. And it would be early, so it would yeah. probably be September, and I would be all about that. Um, that would be perfect. Uh, d- doing a home-and-home. Home. In fact, uh, getting ready for a couple of home-and-homes coming up uh, next year uh, and the year after with Notre Dame. I was going to say, am, Notre Dame's next one, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for those. So we, we got plenty of great, great things to look forward to on that. We do, but then the other catch is how many of those do we keep if we go to a nine-game schedule? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I hope, hopefully, yes. I think they just stick with it. And the, like the understanding, you know, a bit more like college uh, basketball, like you really understand that you do need to, you got to have at least one serious out of conference, like at least one. Um, so hopefully, you know, you're still able to maintain uh, some of the stuff that they've agreed to with the home and homes. Um, well, yeah, Wisconsin be a good one. Uh, Michigan. Um, Penn State. Uh, yeah, Penn State be a good one. Um, we've done VTech, we've done Miami. Um, I'm not a big fan of going out west, honestly. And I, um, I know we have a series with Arizona State coming up, which should be fine. But I mean, uh, I wouldn't mind playing the likes of USC or maybe even Oregon or Washington. Yeah. Oregon, Oregon would be fun, I guess. Um, I have yeah. no, I, I have no desire for U, USC. Um, yeah, honestly, uh, most of most of it just comes out of the really the ACC and the and the Big Ten. Um, yeah. And the ACC is more just for the opponent. Um, yeah. You know, I, th- I think, you know, scheduling Clemson is never a bad idea as long as Clemson can stay where they are. Yeah. The Florida State be another good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I'd be, yes. I'd be, I'd be about that. Um, yeah. And you've already. UNC. UNC would be good. Yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech again. I know we, we did a series with them back in the 2000s, but yeah, yeah those are a ton of great opportunities. So. Yeah. Even, like, even a random on like Maryland. Cause I'll tell you what, like if you've never been to a college football weekend in college park, it yeah, is fun. entertaining. I would just highly advise you hydrate beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it gets, it's a little warm. You're not wrong. And gets, lots of alcohol gets, gets a little boozy is what a little it gets. Boozy. <laughs> yeah. That's so. with a Z It's not bougie. It is most decidedly Easy. not bougie in college park, No, uh, but it's a ton of fun. Yeah. So uh, I believe uh, you had a book that you wanted to talk about. Yes. Right? So I have a ran- random, our random topic of the week kind of thing, um, okay. which we don't always have. So random topic of this week. Okay. So don't mm-hmm. expect us to have one every week. <laughs> but uh, so I went to uh, American Warrior Initiative. It was a, a continued education class actually for realtors. Um, had to deal with, you know, working with VA loans, working uh, with our veterans, understanding the veterans kind of GI Bill rights as it pertains to real estate. Uh, but they had a keynote speaker, uh, and the guy's name is Jason Redman, and he's a former Navy SEAL. Uh, he's got a couple of books, but but, um, but he was the keynote speaker. And just like real brief about him, he was uh, he was a team leader in Iraq. They got caught uh, in an ambush uh, on a night mission. They were going after 
going after a, a high value target and they went uh they went and got dropped in they cleared a building and it turns out the guy was in the next building and so they went to patrol basically over to the next building and they got caught in like a perfectly set up ambush and if you know anything about an ambush you know where you in like if you're setting up an ambush where you want them is on the x that's kind of what, what you you know that's what what you call is being on the x mm-hmm. well it turns out his team got caught on the x he had a bullet he got shot eight times got a bullet you know, ripped through his arm almost took it off he got shot it went in uh, below his ear came out just below his eye um yeah and this guy's and you know he's had 40 some odd re- reconstructive surgeries but he, you know he talks about um uh, you know, you've got to find a way in life. It's about overcoming adversity. I'm a, I'll hold it up for the YouTube guys. The, the book, the book is killing me. See if I can get it to stop blurring. Of course, it's not going right, to right in front of your face. There, you face. there we go. So it's called Overcome um, by by Jason Revin. And it's and he's got another book called Trident. And that's a little bit more specific of telling the military stories as a book. This one uh, references, you know, kind of hardships in military, but he, he ties it to you know adversity in life. And he just talks about how um you know you don't have to be in the military and have a rifle to get caught in an ambush you know life has ambushes and it's it can be emotional they can be professional they can be personal you know um just things happen that you're not prepared for and and it's how you get off that x is the only way that you can start moving forward and and, and getting back on track and 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 being that successful person and getting off that X also helps you as a person knowing that you were able to get off that X. Now, you know, in his point, it was very quite literally, he was on the X um, and his team was able to fight back and they were able to, uh, you know, call in a gunship. Um, these aren't spoilers by any means. It's mm-hmm. pretty early in the book when he talks about this, but calling a gunship, you know, somehow. And, and the doctor said later, they had no idea how he did it, but a buddy came to get him and like picked him up. And apparently he helped him, but basically walk under his own strength. He'd sat there for almost 30 minutes bleeding. Like the dude needed four, four units of blood. And generally you have eight to 12 run through your body at any time. Yeah. So, like, so. you know, half to a third of it was basically laying on the desert, desert sand in Iraq. Yeah. And, uh, but he talks about that adversity. You know, he talks a little bit about being in buds, but it's just him talking about getting off that X in life. And it's one of, um, it's it's just it's a it's a very motivating book but he's also very on the on the you know just he, he hits the nail on the head but he's really on the nose about some things um, he doesn't pull any punches mm-hmm. you know he talks about you know if you're not getting off the x you're either this person or you're that person and, and quite frankly that's just all it is so if mm-hmm. you need to identify which one of those you are um and, and you need to start fixing things to get off that x and having you know having these ambushes in life whether it's again professional or personal um you know, and, and like latching yourself to them and you're almost using that as an excuse to not continue moving forward or, or you're getting off that X. So um, just kind of like, I guess this is somewhat of a book review, um, mm. but uh, it's Jason Redman. Again, the book is called Overcome. Uh, it's fantastic. If, if you're going through something, uh, it's, it'll be on the nose, but it's great. Um, but if you're not going through something, you know, life is always going to ambush you always mm. like just There is no life without adversity. Um, and so, uh, and so I highly recommend the book. It's a it's a great read. It's a pretty easy read too. Like it's mm-hmm. not uh, anything crazy, but you know if you're struggling with something or or you just kind of want to have a better mindset for when something comes along that's can, might make you struggle. Um, I highly highly recommend Overcome by Jason Redman. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. I got to meet him. Super amazing guy. Um, obviously, uh, a story that's, that's unreal. <laughs> quite frankly, um, it's just unbelievable what he's what he's had to overcome um but yeah so that's kind of my little random topic for the week so if awesome. you're looking for if you're looking for a book to read that's not fiction by any means mm-hmm. um yeah check out jason revin try his other book trident's on my next you know my list next just because you know i like i like war stories <laughs> yeah, I, nothing wrong with war stories they're exciting man so uh, oh and outlaw platoons another good book if you've not read that okay it's not jason Redman, but it's called outlaw platoons by sean parnell it's a great awesome. great book absolutely that's awesome so how was the rest of your week uh, week was good. It was a really hectic week. I got to Friday and I just realized that like I'd been going nonstop since I woke up Monday morning and, it, um, and it was just, uh, it's just a lot of week, man. And it's just one of those where I got so busy. I didn't realize how busy I was until I had time to not be busy Friday afternoon. I, I got home, I changed, you know, put on shorts and a t-shirt, my flip-flops. I sat down and I was like, Holy crap, I could take a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but it's good. You know, it was a good productive week. Um, and I already started off this week. I, you know, had closing this morning and some walkthroughs and that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, another, another week off to a bang, busy, but off to a bang. Um, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, but, but the weekend again was for the most part, low stress, you know, I had some work to do, but it wasn't super high tempo or high paced, uh, yeah. you know, just kind of standard weekend realtor stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then, yeah, then starting off this week with a bang, man. What, how, what'd you guys do this weekend? So we were out at floors country store in Helotus. Um, That's right. and it was, uh, it was a really cool experience. Uh, we played out there in front of 1500 people, which is always a good deal. Um, and big spot. It was definitely odd, uh, as far as the crowd, cause, uh, our normal floors crowd, we run across kind of the same people, uh, all over central Texas, uh, whether we're playing up in New Braunfels or we're all the way down in San Antonio, sometimes all the way on the North side of Austin. Uh, we run across the same people at all of those shows, which is cool to see, but, uh, it's there was, because they're traveling for y'all no they they travel for us and they love to travel for us and a lot of other bands too and it's cool to see those type of people but so many of them uh were not there this week because it was a rather large concert over just outside of college station over there in snook for anybody that had to deal with this particular deal it was uh the at the station festival and uh, (laughs) uh all i will say about it is it seemed extremely hectic and frankly at least in my humble opinion uh they should have done a lot more on the logistical side understanding what they were getting themselves into because having been out at the same spot that they host it uh which is chili fest you know we went out there uh earlier this year and we played in front of ten thousand people and there was ten thousand a day out there and i remember getting out there and thinking whoo that was a bit of a a bit of a stressful deal and you're going to put an additional 24,000 people out there for one show and i bet the same amount of like administrative and security i bet you that they didn't increase it at all no and in fact it looked like there was less and i think it's probably because a lot of the folks that might have been up there at the top weren't really anticipating what they were getting themselves into especially for a first year festival and the the main headliner you're bringing in Zach Bryan that that's a big, big name, unfortunately, for uh the logistical side of things. I mean, it's cool that you're able to put thirty-four thousand people out there, but that's just an insane number. Well, it just you're doing that with no preparation. This is literally what it sounds like. Yeah, limited preparation. And if you go on to Facebook and you go through the uh comments from people and some of their experiences, yeah, it, it wasn't Woodstock ninety nine, but it was still very uh it could have been done better well the early reports i saw there were some people that never even got in oh i wouldn't be shocked and, and they ran out of water and yep and they had limited uh facilities for people um a bunch of crazy stuff so i don't know i wonder if maybe the venue instead of using like what they've normally used because this sounds familiar i wonder if they uh if they just subbed it out to levy Anything's possible. I don't know for sure. Water running out, people not getting in the gates. Sounds familiar. Yeah. You know. Bet you they have plenty of old popcorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, be, so because of that concert, um, a lot of our normal crowd wasn't really there. Uh, it was a lot of uh, Muscadine Bloodlines fans. And Muscadine Bloodline, obviously their show, their headline, and they draw a great crowd in their own right. You know, pretty solid band size wise uh, in terms of Spotify numbers. They're like 3.7 million monthly listeners. Now, it's, you know, a little less than Zach Bryan's almost 30 million, but it's, you know, a good sized band and a good sized uh, act. So we played in front of a bunch of Muscadines uh, fans and they didn't necessarily uh, know who we were. A few people in the crowd obviously did, but uh, there were a lot of people that were educated about us uh that's good that's a great opportunity well and the beauty of it was uh, their camp those guys are some of the nicest people we work with and that's not a normal thing across the scene you do come across a lot of camps uh some of which they operate and they're very much you know we keep to ourselves we're not really worried about openers we just need to take care of our own stuff and generally with those situations as an opening band you your job is to get on stage, take care of your business, get off as fast as you can, stay out of the way. You kind of know your role. Yeah, know your role. And we generally do that with virtually every band that we come across. We want to just stay out of the way. Now, if they encourage us to talk and get in with things, yeah, it's cool. So 
um, one of the there's two lead singers. You know, they have co co frontmen in this band, and one of them, his name's Gary. Uh, Gary reached out to Carson and huh, before we even got there and said, "Hey, any chance you could bring a roping dummy and teach us how to rope?" So. Uh, we actually ended up pulling off uh, and stopped in Seguin, went to the shop, got some ropes, got a dummy, and we went out there and showed them the ropes, uh, pun absolutely intended. But it was it was cool. Uh, it was a fun experience to get to hang out with those guys. They had nothing but great things to say to us, made it a point to say, you know, anytime we can get you guys on for a show, we want it because you guys know what you're doing. That's That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, um, and you know, riding opportunities with Carson. Plus, you know, there's a really good, really good probability we're going to be working with those guys a lot. So having that good first interaction, more or less a coming out party to come play with those guys. So that was cool. And on top of that, the fan reaction was particularly special because uh, we did about $2,000 in merch. Uh, on a good night, we'd say if we hit 1000 that's a good night. Nice. And we did, and we did, you know, two grand worth in merch with a bunch of people who didn't know we were who we were before we got there. So that's a good sign. Well, it's got to make you feel good. They like you enough to buy your stuff. Exactly. So, so we got that going for us. Um, nothing going on this weekend uh, with the band. It's my drummer's bachelor party. But uh, mm. uh, from 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 a personal uh, standpoint, uh, I did have a loss in the family this past week. Uh, for those who weren't. Keeping up, uh, my grandmother, uh, Bibi, my dad's mom, she uh, had some health complications over the past weekend and um, had a chance to talk with her last Monday night after we recorded and uh, we lost her on Tuesday morning. So um, we're going to be having her service in Carlsbad this week on Thursday. So heading on out of town, heading on out of town uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to drive up there and get situated get that uh, get everything situationally figured out while we're there and then we'll get on back down here but it'll be good to see some f f uh, family and friends wish it was under better circumstances but yeah, yeah that's one of those things like the older i get the more i hate that you know when tragedy brings us together like the first thing we always think about is you know i, I don't know why we wait for this to be the thing that brings family together it's just yeah <clears throat> i understand it man but, um, you know, uh, positives for her. She was around for Trent's wedding. She got to be in that, which was awesome. Um, and she, you know, lived a great life. Uh, got to the age of 80, almost 81. And uh, full life. yeah, pretty full life. And you know, now she's back with Daddy Jack. So things are good on that front. So there you go. Yeah, so I got got to take the positives with the negatives. So we're we're excited. Yes. We're excited at this point that she is no longer in pain and that there's no more suffering going on there, and she's doing well elsewhere. So that's important for us as our family unit. So looking forward to that um, opportunity to go hang out with our people and see them, and yeah, then get on home after that. But yeah, so uh hell might be back in town um we'll, we'll see how the situation shakes uh kind of back and forth on making my trek out to oklahoma after the wedding but we'll see how it all all goes down yeah so it, it or you know after the after the funeral after so funeral. Yeah. after the funeral but uh as we um kind of go into this next week pretty excited uh we'll be in lubbock next week and i'll highlight that but then talk about our upcoming Big run with Corey Kent when we get a little closer to that. So, right that'll be good. but yeah, same old, same old for me. I'll have my Monday market update coming out later today. Uh, cool. last week we did not get a Ribs Real Estate and Rambling put out, we had some severe technical, like SD card corruption issues. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have lost uh all the video, so we're going to be putting out kind of it's unfortunately going to be a little more podcast, uh, kind of type release, um, just mm -hmm. for. Just for a few weeks because we batch film. So, and there's just no way to be able to get everybody's schedules back online to refilm. But, well, you know, mm. it just happens. Um, it'll be but, what yeah, it'll be. The, yeah, the material will still be there. The interview will still be there. Um, so, you probably won't have to see me talking with my hands as much. So, maybe yeah. that's a plus. Um, and and when, when we get to the week where Gabe comes out, I'll, I'll just let you know that he actually 100% was shoving his face full of ribs the entire time. So, he really, uh, he understood the assignment and leaned into it. Um, that's the but, beauty uh, of Gabe. Like, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, gotta love his positives as often as we can get. Yes. Love yeah, him. man. Just firing through the week. You know, got mm-hmm. a yeah, got a calendar full of not white space on my you know. So yeah. from bouncing around from one place to another, just like everybody else. But mm-hmm. uh but oh yeah, I think I I think I mentioned this. Um so we're what we're past fall break, you know, the new thing mm-hmm. is fall break. Yeah, um, and my daughter's already decided she wants to change her major, so we're right on track for that. Perfect. Hey. Thanks so much. Uh, my, 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 yeah, mine came. Uh, I'll see. Mine really kicked in about halfway through my spring semester, my uh, freshman year. But yeah, no, she's ahead of the curve. Yeah, a little ahead of the curve, which is that's yeah. okay. What's uh, what's she thinking? You know, if she had an answer for that, I'd be more supportive. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair we're, enough. We're, we're we're working through that. Working through it. Um, you know, okay. Obviously, she's not going to pull any triggers in the middle of the semester. So, And she addressed it early enough so she can talk about it in between semesters before she starts registering for classes. Fair enough. So the opportunity's there. Well, if you haven't, uh, be sure to follow us uh, on the Instagram at this point. We have a handful of accounts for you all to check out. Be sure to go uh, check us out at Red Ass Podcast. Um, Shred Dirt Designs, if you wouldn't mind, that would make me very happy. Keep up with uh, Roy and all his real estate stuff. Roy May Jr. on there. Um, and, of course, um, if you haven't already, be sure to go check out our new little side project, Fat Cactus. It's on there. Uh, we're getting ready to start really putting together a set list and getting some stuff going there. If you don't know what Fat Cactus is, go watch the last podcast. We went into depth on it. So be sure to go check it out. And, uh yeah, we're excited for all that, but <clears throat> another good week, uh, another great opportunity to get better and hopefully see the boys pull out a great win on Saturday and potentially a yeah. big win tonight. So, yeah, two two big games on the horizon tonight and Saturday. So excited you know, for it. Words of the Grateful Dead. Just keep on trucking, man. Keep on trucking. Thank you. Appreciate y'all listening. Gig them. Go Strohs. Let's yeah. get it.